Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. Metro exists to exalt God and equip people. Here at Metro, we long to become a community that celebrates the presence of God, communicates the Word of God, demonstrates the love of God, and educates the people of God. Everything we do revolves around this core mission and vision. We are so glad you are here today to listen to this week's podcast. It is our prayer that this message encourages you and equips you to be like Christ in all aspects of your life. Enjoy today's message. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Church, it's 9-11. I just want to take a few moments to honor our families that have family members serving in the armed forces. We have several in our church. We have those serving in, in the police, firemen, first responders. 9-11 was a horrific day in our country, but I'm so grateful for the resilience that was displayed by our country and especially all of those that are first responders. Church, um, you know those in our church that are serving. Let's continue to pray for them every day. Pray for their protection. Pray for their well-being. And we want to tell you all, our first responders, we love you so much. Thank you for serving. Church, thank you for praying for me. Um, My family and I went through COVID-19 two weeks ago. Man, that was tough. It was our first time through the whole pandemic getting sick, and it, it was hard. But praise God that we are back to great health, and thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your great care. Church, we're in a new series entitled, David, After His Own Heart. The first week, Pastor, uh, last week, he he preached on 1 Samuel 17. I was really encouraged by that text and his preaching. He showed us some incredibly faithful moments in David's life as he faced off against Goliath. I loved how he shared that our relationship with God, our identity with God, helps us face even the biggest of giants. Uh, Pastor Jibbon also preached from this text at the Frisco campus, and one of the statements he said that really encouraged me this past week was he said, many people were saying how big Goliath was and how hard he was to face, but David realized what a big target he was that you can't miss him. Faith makes the difference. Faith makes the difference. This week, I want to go back one chapter to 1 Samuel 16. I really want to pay some close attention to the anointing of David. The main idea I want to convey is simple. In this life, we may feel overlooked, underestimated, but we remain after God's own heart. In this life, we may feel overlooked and underestimated, but we remain after God's own heart. When I first started ministry in 2009, full-time ministry, I was asked to serve at the Urbana Missions Conference. It is a gathering of tens of thousands of university students. It it only happens once every three years. People from all over the world come to St. Louis to talk about God's mission for the global church. I was so excited to be a minister at this massive conference. They were passing out the assignments for the conference, I was looking forward to see how my gifts and how my talents would be used at this global conference. Would they ask me to be a worship leader? Yeah, for those of you who are old enough, you might remember I used to do that. Played guitar, played piano. Maybe they'll ask me to be a moderator. I'm very good at moderating. Maybe they'll have me share a testimony or a seminar or perhaps even preach at this conference. I was waiting for my assignment and then they handed it to me. It said, street monitor. I thought, wow, is this a new term for preacher? No, it meant street monitor. 
I was asked to, I was assigned to work the streets of the conference, outside of the conference, to help participants cross the street to make it into the arena, to guide the traffic. They gave me two orange cones and a reflective vest to wear. It lit up and it had lights on it. I was incredibly embarrassed. Here's the other thing. It was December in St. Louis. It is freezing. I spent almost every moment of the conference on the street helping participants get into the conference. I missed pretty much every session. I was extremely cold, and I felt overlooked and underestimated by everyone around me. Didn't people know that I had gifts and talents? Didn't people know that I could do more than this? Didn't people know that I left a successful engineering job to be in ministry? This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. God, what is happening? Is this ministry? But I could not shake a very tangible feeling that God was with me and that he was watching me. So every morning, I can't even tell you why I was filled with so much determination and energy. Not by my own merit. You can ask my family. I'm not prone to doing hard work. I woke up every morning, and I felt like the Lord was watching me, looking to see how I would be. And that gave me a sense of immense joy and energy to serve because he was with me. He was watching me. I said to myself in the morning, if they made me a street monitor, I'm going to be the best street monitor St. Louis has ever seen. So I woke up every morning, I greeted participants, I gave people high fives, I talked to them, people greeted me, I started becoming a very important part of their day. I had talks with participants about the sessions because I wasn't in them. I asked them what happened, what did you learn? Some people asked me to pray for them. Some people brought me hot chocolate because I, so, I looked so cold, you know, a guy from Texas. I befriended many people. Church, I had determined in my heart that I was gonna serve God with my full heart. Because I knew that if God sees me, then I want to serve him with everything that I have, even if I'm a street monitor. Yes, the leaders of this conference may overlook me. The leaders of this conference may underestimate me. They have no idea what can I, I can do. They have, no, what, they have no idea what I have sacrificed. But in the end of the day, their opinion does not matter. I long to be a person that gives God everything. I want to be a person after God's own heart. Have you ever felt like this before in your life? Overlooked by people around you. Underestimated by people around you. Ah, oh, if they only knew how talented you were, sister. I'm sure they would not even put you in this position. Oh, brother, if they knew how God had anointed you, why would they put you out there with these people? Have you ever felt like God, following God was actually costing you, making you go lower and lower in life, causing you to become invisible, become irrelevant? You felt belittled by leaders and managers as you followed God. Sometimes it feels like it would be just better to stop trusting God. And just go out and make room for yourself. Make a name for yourself. Tell everyone how talented and amazing you are. Have you ever felt disconnected? Have you ever felt that people were hanging out without you? Making decisions without you? 
keeping you out and in the hallway and closed doors. At those moments, you're like, you know what? I can do something right now. I will use my connections, my networks, my resources. I will create room for myself, create a stage for myself, create reputation, be noticed, esteemed, valued. But then you hear God say, just wait. It doesn't matter if they don't see you. I see you. I am with you. Just stay quiet and faithful. David felt just like this in 1 Samuel 16. Turn your Bible. 1 Samuel 16. Now you know the feeling. Let's enter the text. 1 Samuel chapter 16. The Lord said to Samuel, How long are you going to grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go if Saul hears that he's going to kill me? And the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. <clears throat> Verse 4, <clears throat> Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city <laughs> came to meet him trembling and they said, do you come here peaceably? And he said, peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself. Come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, Samuel looked on Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees, but man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Verse 11, then Samuel said to Jesse, are these all your sons? And he said, there remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now, he was ruddy and he was beautiful. He had beautiful eyes and he was handsome. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. This text teaches us two important moments in David's life that we all face. First, verse 1 through 13, which we read, being overlooked by people around you. The second thing I didn't read is in verse 14 to 23, is being underestimated by people around you. The main point today is this, and I'm hoping to bring hope into many of your lives this morning. The Holy Spirit wants to engender hope and steadfastness inside of you. The main point is this, you may feel overlooked and underestimated, but you gotta remain after God's own heart, amen? Church, would you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you? Just be honest right now about the moments and areas of your life that you feel that people don't see you or ignore you. 
shut doors because of political situations at work. God wants to speak to you. I feel prophetically God is going to open some doors for people who accept this word this morning. God wants to meet you. Are you ready? Point number one, verse 1 through 13, you are overlooked by others. First, we see in this text, Jesse was asked, commanded by Samuel to bring all your sons for a time of peace offering. It's interesting. Peace offering is an interesting thing that happens in the Bible. Usually, during a time of sacrifice for atonement, you bring an animal sacrifice, and it all must be burned up. But during a peace offering, it's more like a barbecue. Not all of it is burned up, and the rest is given to everyone. It's a time of consecration, a time of joy, a time of feasting. So he threw a party with seven out of his eight sons. All the sons were brought there. All. Verse 5, Samuel says, consecrate them. So not only was there a party being made and no invitation to David, but a time of getting ready for worship, consecrating his son David was left out. To get ready to go into God's presence, his dad left him out. All the sons were brought before Samuel to be chosen, anointed as king. But they left David in the field watching after their resources. Usually rich and wealthy families hire shepherds. But this family decided that their youngest son should be a hired hand in their home. Samuel viewed all seven sons. God said no to each of them. Samuel is totally confused at this moment. Bring all your sons. He gets to the seventh one by process of elimination. I would have gotten the oil ready for this guy, the seventh guy. There's no more sons. Then God says, no, not him. At this point, as a prophet, you think you got the wrong Jesse, wrong address. So he asks the funniest question. <laughs> Are these all your sons? I said, bring all your sons. Are these all your sons? All of a sudden, Jesse says, yes, I have another one, younger, smaller, keeping the sheep. At this point, we don't even know the kid's name. They're all talking about him in pronoun. He is out there. He is small. He is young. Who is he? We don't even know his name until verse 13, until he is anointed. Church, uninvited, overlooked, forgotten unnamed we feel this in life there are times that we live in this life maybe even you might feel it as a minority unseen and ignored by people around you treated less than this entire first part of the passage is dealing with who can see and who can be seen Samuel is trying to see who is the next king Jesse is trying to help Samuel see his best sons. Each of the sons are putting on a great show to be seen by Samuel. Everyone is trying to see or be seen in this passage. But here's the great irony. God is the only one that can truly see. And he sees a person that is unseen by everyone else. A person after God's own heart is seen by God even when overlooked 
by everyone else. Samuel learns an important lesson as a prophet. God does not look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Church, I want you to know a very important thing this morning. Your heart matters. The condition of your heart, it matters. Is your heart really after God? One prayer I learned at a young age is to pray consistently this. Holy Spirit, is there something I need to ask for forgiveness for? (laughs) That's one prayer God will always answer. Ask the Lord, is there something incongruent in my heart? Search every dark place in my heart. Every place I don't even want to go. Search that place, Holy Spirit. Is there something that I need to turn over to you? Every time, God will answer that prayer. Why? Because he is concerned about your heart. Even this morning, before I even came to church, I thought I should probably pray this if I'm going to preach it. I said, Holy Spirit, while brushing my teeth, is there anything wrong in my heart? Immediately pulled my heart and said, you need to fix this area of your life. Church, the condition of your heart matters before God. It does not matter how popular you are. It does not matter how prosperous you are. It doesn't matter how good-looking you are. Your heart matters before God. Here's the thing, church. (laughs) I love this about this passage. You don't have to be invited. You don't have to be included to become a person after God's heart. They can ignore you all they want, but that won't change your pursuit for God. You don't have to be powerful or handsome or beautiful, praise God, (laughs) to be a person after God's heart. God doesn't even, God is not even concerned about those categories that we put such emphasis on. He's not even concerned about those categories. Your heart gets his attention. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be prominent. You don't have to have a great social media following to be a person after God's own heart. As our community, oftentimes, our desire is to run for status, influence, power, the stage, approval, great responsibilities, paychecks. But God is saying, all you really need is one thing. Come after my heart. Come after my heart. And you will notice, even though you are overlooked by everyone else, God always sees you. Samuel lifted the horn of oil. He took the oil of anointing, and he placed it on David. Okay, if all of these folks were Indian, here's what would have happened. They put the oil on their head. Someone would be like, whoa, I think he got the wrong guy. Here's another thing that someone probably thought. It's probably a mistake. Third thing. Samuel probably just honored David because he had pity for him. All of these are remarks on the anointed. When you get anointed and you get seen by God, sometimes people will make fun of you for that anointing. Secretly, it's because they want it. And they put you down as you are anointed by God. But I want you to know this morning, God doesn't take back that anointing on their opinion. If God chose you, And the anointing oil runs down you. It doesn't matter how much people say, God chose you. God knew this was not a mistake. This is not a pity party. This is not a joke. Because God had worked in David's heart 
for a long time before anyone else knew. Theologian Redpath, he says it best. This current public anointing was the outcome of what had taken place in private between David and God for a long time. Anointing has nothing to do with prosperity or popularity or your platform. God chooses you because of your pursuit after God's heart. So church, I'm asking you, you may feel overlooked by people, even underestimated by them, but don't change your posture. Remain after God's heart, no matter what they say. Amen? Second thing, verse 14 through 23, I didn't read it, but you know the story. <clears throat> Not only are we overlooked by others often, but we are underestimated by others. David was anointed by the Spirit of God, and he was well-trained and skilled. So David is two things at the same time. He is skilled and anointed. When people talked about David, this is what they would say about him in this text. You can read. They said, David, oh, I know that young man. He's a skillful musician. He is a man of valor. He is a man of war. He's a man of prudent speech. He is a man of good presence. How does a young man out of nowhere become these things? It is not overnight. He was not born with these things. These are skills that were developed in the secret private place where no one else saw him. You can be underestimated by everyone, but still be in training and nobody knows it. But more than all that, what they say about this young man is that the Lord, somehow, the Lord, Yahweh God, Jehovah God, is with this young man. That is an amazing thing to say. Can you imagine living a life such that when people look at you, not only do they say you're skillful at your job, but man, I don't know how to explain it, but the Lord is with that person. Can you live a life so saturated in the secret with God, in the shepherd field, by yourself, that as you go into the public, everyone knows that is a woman, that is a man that has been with God. Church, I want to take a moment to say that we live in a society that loves to perform but never practice. We love the public spotlight, but we neglect the private desk light. People are for, people of God, people of God are forged in a secret place. They are forged in the shepherd's field. They are forged in prayer, diligence, and practice. Because I'm telling you, church, nothing in the kingdom of God like that can happen overnight. It is anointing plus skill. If God anoints you before the skill, you will be a danger to people around you. If you have skill and no anointing, you make no progress in your work. God needs both. Oftentimes, the anointing in your life is delayed because you're not taking time to be prepared. God is preparing you in the shepherd's field. Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers says, in order to have mastery in any skill, you need to put 10,000 hours toward it. 10,000 hours to master a craft. When was the last time that you took the gift God gave you and took time to develop it, become skilled, mastered at it? Don't wait for people to notice you, then start investing in yourself. 
By then, it is too late. But start now. Start now when nobody sees you. Start now when people overlook you. It is never too late. God uses people in every age, in every moment in life, to lead movements of God. So now, begin to prepare yourself. Start developing yourself in the secret place in that shepherd's field. Anointing and skill together, God uses. There was a gardener um, who moved into a new house, and he saw his front yard. It was full of stones, weeds, cracks, you name it. Kind of looks like my front yard. Anyways, he decided that he was going to turn this front yard into a beautiful garden. Every single day, he worked so hard tilling the earth, fertilizing the ground, planting the seeds, arranging the flowers, pruning every plant, arranging the stones. Finally, after several seasons of hard work, it emerged into the most beautiful garden anyone had ever seen on that street. Guests and neighbors at his house would marvel at this man's front yard. But one jealous friend said in front of all his peers, oh, look at you taking so much credit for these things. Isn't this all God's? Isn't all of this God's? The gardener smiled and he said, yeah, you're right. God causes the sun to shine. God brings the rain. God brings the air and allows and empowers this garden to grow. The jealous friend smiled and smugly said, ha ha, see, don't take credit in front of all these people about what God did. Then the gardener replied, yes, true, my friend. But well, you should have seen this place when it was just God. <laughs> he walked away. You see, yes, God is in control. But God needs his people to step into places, to use their skill and their proficiency to take what he has already put in place and make it beautiful. God partners with humanity to get things done on the earth. He doesn't just do it immediately. He uses me and you our skills developed in the secret place, plus his anointing to make things beautiful. Don't blame God if you're not skillful. God is giving you that chance to master your craft. He wants to anoint you, but you have to put the preparation in. Because of David's quiet, private, unseen training, he grew in mastery. But what happens when you have mastery in your life? You gain favor. Look what happened in this text. You can read in the verses, favor followed young David everywhere he went. It's so funny. Saul, it says in the text, Saul loved David. He loved him. Saul was being terrorized by evil spirit. And they said, let's go get a young man that can play some music to help this evil spirit leap. He comes and plays. It's so beautiful that Saul loves him. Saul made him his armor bearer. Saul made him the only musician to come and play. Saul was so refreshed by David that he loved him so much that it said that he even treated him like his own son. All these things favor following David. But here's the thing. David knew that he was being treated as a hired musician, as a loyal servant, as an armor bearer. He was even treated as a beloved son, but he knew something that none of them knew. He is not actually any of these things. He is the future king of Israel. People may see you and say that you are good and useful to them for that season. 
but they primarily underestimate you. They only want you there because you make them look good and you are good for them. But if that changes, they will get rid of you. But God says, it does not matter what people want to do with you. If I have anointed you, it is for a reason and a purpose. And it is not dictated by the plans of powerful people around you. If God has anointed you, God is in control of your destiny. You just stay faithful. Stay quiet no matter what they think about you. Amen? Church, you may feel overlooked. You may feel underestimated by people around you. You work so hard in private, but still nobody recognizes you. I'm calling you to remain after God's heart, and you will see what God will do in your life. A person after God's own heart is known by God even while being underestimated by everyone else around them. I'm going to invite the worship team forward, and I want you to begin to think about your own life. Today, God wants to encourage some of you. Like I said, at the beginning of this message, I felt like there's a prophetic word for some of you who are stuck in a situation. It may be in work. It might be in your schoolwork. It might be in your business. There are some things that is coming as an obstacle. You might feel overlooked and underestimated, but don't try to do things on your own. Stay after God's heart in your life. You might feel lost and alone in the shepherd field. They're partying without you. They're worshiping without you. They're selecting a new king without you. You might feel underestimated by people around you. And the other thing that we feel sometimes is condescension, pity by people around you. But God says, my son, my daughter, I see you. I am with you. You are not lost. You are right where I want you to be. God knows your skills. He sees your hard work, and he's ready to anoint you right where you are. Church, you ready? Are you ready to receive God's anointing? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything we can do to continue equipping you in your pursuit to be like Jesus, then please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our website at metrochurch.us. Also, if you found today's message to be inspiring and informative, then please share it with your family and friends and leave a review on this podcast platform or on our website. Again, thank you for joining us. We are so grateful for you. Have a great week and God bless you and your family.